all the audio and video is correct. It is. He checked. He checked. He checked it. It did. Hey guys, welcome to the self-evident podcast. You got Mike. You got Massey. Looking beautiful as always. I want you guys to know, Massey. He's a little tired. So am I. But we're here. We got Elijah in the door. Easy E. Easy E in the door. He's here. I bet you they were confused when I just kind of popped out of that. (laughs) I wasn't in a trance, folks. I'm just uh, proving that you can look like a goofball and still be taken serious. You can look like a goofball. Yeah, I mean. Period. Yeah. You've proven. 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 It is a proven fact you can look like a goofball. It's a proven fact you can be this handsome and still be a goofball. There we go. I knew he'd spin it around. That's, yeah. Anyways, welcome, guys. It is Monday morning. We apologize. uh, Saturday or Friday morning, we had a little bit of technical difficulties with equipment. We were not able to get a podcast out, so we threw you a replay. We hope you enjoyed the replay. Uh, We will definitely be having uh, Mr. Todd Mazingo on again soon. He is just a force. Yeah, it's almost like, why why have him on? It just... Like, why are we even on there? Just call it the Todd Missingo yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, why, why even be there? Why be there? We just ask questions and shut up. <laughs> that's it's like, that's how I thanks, feel with, boss. That's how I feel when he preaches. Once again on Sunday, he did it again. Yeah. Look, I, guys, go check out Revive Church's latest sermon. Reviveusnow.com. Like, and Melissa and I were talking about it yesterday. This story has been argued about for centuries. And once again, Todd just comes in and it's like he's got just a scalpel and he goes, zip, zip, zip. It's like, so that's what that was talking about. So crazy. In in one, in a couple hours, centuries of arguments have kind of been like zip. <laughs> Dude, I was in I was in his office like last week and we were talking about the very heavy subject of of uh, uh marriage, you know, and like yeah. you know what what's a good marriage what constitutes divorce all these other things so i had like this plethora of questions all of a sudden he goes and you can see it in his eyes it, it like halfway through my conversation because i'm like just let me finish my thought yeah right about halfway through you're like he's, he's gonna slam everything i'm asking right now you know it you just <laughs> yep. know it yep so all of a sudden he turns around he goes i think you're asking the wrong question the right question should be reconciliation because we're ministers of reconciliation he said not in every case but like if you think about it that's what we're supposed to do, he said, and many times in America, we look for a way in or out, you know, so it gratifies us first instead of like the whole picture, you know, and like yeah. our covenant. And he goes, and obviously there are cases, you know, definitely that, that, that should be explored on a case by case basis, but you can't make a blanket statement on, 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 on how divorce should work and what are the prerequisites for marriage? You know, the spirit of God should tell you. And I was like, I'm so glad I came in here and asked a dumb question because it was. Like he just blew me out of the water with the answers. I'm like, God, okay, whatever. And you realize then at that point, there's no point in having your own brain. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel sometimes when I go in that office. It's he'll like, hate. Yeah. He'll, he'll hate listening to this too. <laughs> yep. He'll be like, "Man, shut up, you guys." <laughs> and uh, we'll be like, "No, sir. We we love you, sir. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you for letting us talk about you." <laughs> nah, he's great, man. He's he's such a good dude. And uh, guys, keep praying for our family. Uh, we've been uh, all of us here really have experienced and i'm sure you are at home too if you go look around a lot of spiritual attack going on so keep praying for for us as we pray for you and uh just a lot of things going on in the air obviously yeah. you know we're, we're taking ground and territory and 
different things as a, as a ministry, our, our own ministry, our own personal lives as a church. Uh, you know, there's just attack coming and, and it's coming out of nowhere sometimes. And you're like, OK, I see what's happening, but it's the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man that availed much. The Bible says so we're uh, walking in our righteousness and we're 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 we're, we're established in it by the grace of God. And, but the attacks are there, you know, so so be mindful of that. They happen and they continue. And that's part of the, like you said, that spiritual territory that you take, the attacks are going to happen and you take each attack one on one. And you do what you need to do through that attack, and you keep going. You you always keep your eyes ahead and, you, and, and you recognize forward, recognize you know? those attacks. You know, recognize that all of a sudden, why did me and my wife get into a fight like that? Why was my character yeah. put in question? Why was you start to see? Well, that was odd. You know, because those things are trying to wedge you. And the more he can take your focus off of, off of him, or the more the enemy can take your focus off of Christ and put it on yourselves. The moment you put it on yourselves, you leave the faith. Yeah. Because now you're operating in self and selfishness and pride, and I'm not I'm not saying that that's that's um, I'm not saying that that's exclusive to you. I'm saying that could be happening, and you got to be careful. You know, all of a sudden disease hits or sickness or something, and it takes your eyes off of him for a minute, puts it on you and your mm-hmm. situation. And how are we gonna, you know, just keep your eyes fixed on him? You know, Hebrews, he's the author, he's the finisher. So keep it's it's that theme. You know, yeah. just just make sure you keep your. It's hard to do. It's not. I'm not saying it's easy. Uh, but definitely worth it where you're like, God, dude, people, people are really behind you. You know what I mean? Um, so just keep praying, keep praying for Carrie and uh, some of our team members. They're, they're getting nailed pretty good here, you know, spiritually in our church as well. And I'm sure, again, in your own personal lives, just stay up on it. You know, that and one thing that you mentioned is those, those spiritual attacks that come. It, it's interesting because they'll, they'll come out of nowhere. And if you step back for a second, it's like. You'll you'll start to recognize this is spiritual right here. Like mm-hmm. there have been times where Melissa and I have like started to really knock heads, and one of us will be like, "This is spiritual right now. This this is feels spiritual." And it's incumbent upon the other one who's like getting riled up to step back themselves and go, "No, you're right," because <laughs> there's been times where her or me have been like. No, I know you're right, but I'm still mad. You know, yeah, it's yeah, just like. Totally. Uh, you got to step back and recognize, nah, this is spiritual. What's going on between us. Something's kicking up strife. And the more, more you, you get in tune with all of it, the more you'll, you'll recognize it feels different when it's spiritual. It, it, there's just something about it. That's different, you know, because it's out of your hands. Yeah. I think, it, you know, when it's spiritual, so when it's, absurd yeah. when it's you absurd, look but at it's it. also, there's nothing you can, you can physically do about it in the flesh. And so it's spiritual. Anyways, we're, we're on some, we're on some, anyway, we're on some, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get back to the here let's let's, let's we're, get we're, into we're, it we're we're walking in the in the in the track with me here you know track don't don't me. don't go off here we're we're, we're staying the course the, the narrow path right here you know the line the, the line i whatever that is <laughs> stick with we, it we gotta come out with a shirt that just says the line period and no no context no commentary only you will know only that you will know it it should be a torchbearer shirt the line <laughs> the line this should be our stupid one-liners we're like anyway <laughs> messy compost the line so today 
you know, sometimes you're you're bouncing around on the internet and you're you're thinking, okay, what are we gonna cover here? And on so the, on the webs. On the webs. And once in a while you you fall into a deep well called salon.com <laughs> and and you catch something that you go, you know what? This would be fun to respond to. So I thought we'd have a little more fun today. Um, and we're gonna cover this article that was written by Amanda Marcotte. And the title of the article is The Backlash to Christianity. Republicans are now panicked, but they only have themselves to blame. So the first question I would ask, are Republicans panicked? Is that what we're going to say? Conservative panic? So by the way, Miss... Um, okay, so as far as pronoun game, I'm not sure. Z, <laughs> she, Xi Jinping... No? Okay, so we'll say that person. Sorry. Uh, we cannot assume that Amanda identifies as a human being. So we are going to refer to her as a noun. Individual. Individual. Not, not even. Maybe she, there is a, there's one of those multi-genders. Oh, no. So she could be multi, just noun. I mean, if you put Z in your pronouns, I would understand that. <laughs> I just like how you keep saying we're not going to refer to her. <laughs> She is not I identified as. I can't play this game, guys. I'm no good at this. I'm not practiced. So, Miss Marcotte is a self-described atheist. She is author of Troll Nation, How the Right Became Trump-Worshipping Monsters Set on Rat-Effing Liberals, America, and Truth Itself. She was obviously the most objective author I could find on Salon.com. I love your face. Man. It's a lot of opinion on <laughs> salon.com. Just I should I love that that book when is you, when, her when claim you, to fame. When you have time <laughs> to really explore. What's I just, the, what, what's, what, what are we talking about today, Mikey? What's 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 the basis we're talking about? So people so, know. So in one line, we're going to respond to this article that's basically saying that uh, Christians are too adamant about their beliefs and their positions. And that's why people are running from them. And so Christians need to just moderate their views. That's so funny because liberals aren't adamant in their views. We get into that. Yeah, let's go. So let's get into this. Let's start this off. She writes, there can be no doubt about it. Religion, especially Christianity, while still powerful in American culture, is in decline. Fewer than half of Americans even belong to a church or other house of worship. Rates of church attendance are in free fall as younger Americans would rather do anything with their precious free time than go to church. As religion researcher Ryan Burgey recently tweeted, among those born in the early 1930s, 60% attend church weekly, 70% never attend. Among those born in the early 1950s, 32% attend weekly, 29% never attend. Among those born in the early 1990s, 18% attend weekly, 42% never attend. In response to Americans losing interest in faith, Republicans are in a full-blown panic, lashing out and accusing everyone else, liberal schools, immigrants, pop culture, you name it, for the shift in religious sentiment. Worse, more are advocating the use of force to counter this decline. If people don't want religion, well, too bad. More Republicans are arguing that Christianity should not be optional. First Amendment be deed. Huh? There we go. I mean, I understand that there are Republicans out there that are forcing certain laws, but to force Christianity, I haven't seen someone say. And 
and what she does, and we'll get into this after we get into the stats. Um, she, she, and and you'll notice a lot of progressives are doing this. They're attaching stuff like Roe v. Wade to religious fundamentalism. So the fact that Roe v. Wade got overturned, it was purely on a moral basis, is their argument, which a not the case at all. The no. argument argument was not the morality at all. What was the case? Giving power back to the states yeah, to the, determine the, the jurisdiction of it. But if you want to argue that it's in a moral case, then let's have the moral argument. <laughs> well, that's that's one factor for sure. You know, that's definitely something you need to take into consideration. But they're just as moral about it. You know what I mean? So the left yep. wants it to be where their morality is accepted. Their morality doesn't believe that it's a life. So that's a moral. That's a moral position. A moral position. Right? So to to claim that all of a sudden it's religious fanatics or Christianity that want this done. I don't care who you are. Everything's a belief. Like, why do you have your belief? Because it's a faith. Mm -hmm. I, you know, something that I wish we could talk to these big scientists about, you know, we should try to figure that out. But like the Neil deGrasse's, you know, these mm -hmm. Tyson's, these guys, you know, they, they talk about how religion is a, is a crutch. It's like your belief is your belief, though. Where does that come from? Right. Somewhere. So it's a belief in something, you know, so. They, they claim this, you know, we, we've 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 been in touch with other you. You can't prove that to any human being that you've been in touch with something out there that there's more than that's so stupid. So you're, you're basing everything on a faith. It's a what believe, you know, it's a make believe uh, until it's proven fact. Right. Whereas nobody can deny scholars included Christianity. The Bible can be proven as a historical document. There are proofs in there that have happened. You know what I mean? So you could you could try to dog it. Christianity's. Uh, one of those things that really has a grip. It's so funny. Listen to what she said and then try to demean it. Christianity still has a stronghold in America, but there's fewer, there's few people attending church. All, all you're saying is the power of God is real. It right. doesn't matter how many attend church. The power of God still exists. So she even, he, Z, Jinping, Jinping, whatever, <laughs> acknowledges this. You know what I mean? So to me, it's that's, that's a win-win. Yeah, I no, And I agree with you. And, and, she references a a column on Fox News, which we'll get to in a second. And she tries to make that that type of argument, but it fails because it just has to fail. It it doesn't work. So let's go to slide one. So let's look at the stats. Is she actually correct? Yeah, she's correct. So I'm I'm what we don't do is try to sugarcoat or run from stuff here on our podcast. So if if it's true that, hey, the stats are changing, we admit that. We, we accept that. Why? Because we need to work from a position of truth. So Pew reports that the percentage of adults 18 and older who describe themselves as Christians has dropped by nearly eight percentage points in seven years, from 78% to 70%. Unaffiliated has gone from 16% to 22% at the same time. Non-Christian has gone from 47 to 5.9%. Okay. She's not wrong. Now, I, as, as a Christian, I don't really care about that statistic. It doesn't matter to me, and here's why. I would rather see people stop labeling themselves as Christian when they really have no attachment to Christianity outside of a, a cultural, societal standard. I'd rather see them not take on that label then use that label and not live it out like they're supposed to. You know what I mean? Like I, I would rather see, hey, if we have 50% that identify as Christian, we know 
those are people who actually identify in their life as Christian, as opposed to yeah, and they walk yeah, they Christian. walk it out. Yeah, their fruit yeah. is that of a Christian, right? And these people think it's like you know, see, religion is declining. You know, the less people are attending church. No, you're actually weeding out those who are never a part of it. Exactly. You know, and therefore we have a job to do church. You know, that's that's really the common sense part of it. Uh, what is it? There, the Bible says a few there be that find the straight gate. I mean, was Christianity ever supposed to be the, be the majority? I don't think so. I mean, that, that's according you to know. scripture. You know, not everybody followed Christ to the cross. You know, it's a, it, I think what's so unique is when he feeds the 5,000, you know, and he says to them, you know, like, you're only here for the food. You're not here for, for the meat. You're not here for what I'm telling you. Right. So it's like he wasn't in the position of like, you better follow me or else. It was like, dude, follow me. And it's your choice. Yeah, I, I think that's what people neglect about Christianity. You know what I mean? There's no like he's not. He's not, uh, what's the word I'm, I'm trying to say here without sounding, I'm not trying to be blasphemous here. He's not like in the business of trying to retain you. No. You know what I mean? His no. mercy is there for you. He died for you, right? His love is there for you, but he's not in the business of trying to retain you. He's trying to do it by force. So you want out, you want out. That's your choice. And he, he bears that out, especially when he says, look, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you can have no part of me. And, and people run. It, now, from a fleshly sense, rightfully so. If you heard me say, you know what you need to do? You need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Then you can be a part of me. You're like, what you, the? You, yeah. What the hell is this guy <laughs> just saying? Man, I, I'm going over there. That's right, 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 right. But, and then the rich young ruler, he doesn't chase after that guy. He tells him the truth. The guy, it says, the guy goes away sad. And Christ turns to his disciples and teaches them a lesson. He's not, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. You don't understand. Come back here. Come back here. It's not that Christ doesn't accept all who come. But if your heart position isn't true to him, he, he's not going to force your heart into another position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And I, I got to be careful, too, because like what I'm trying to say is if you fully on reject God, were you ever his in the first place? Exactly. Because when he has a hold of you and, and you have a hold of him, nothing can separate that. Read Romans. You know, is it 10 or Romans 9? It's like that neither depth nor, nor width nor, you know, nothing shall separate you from the love of God. If you leave that, were you ever of him in the first place? No. No. You weren't. And, and so the, the progressives will point to this stat and say, see, Christianity is dying. No, I think it's becoming more purified. Yeah, yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah, it's it's a purification process. That's a great I, way to I, look at it, dude. That's good. I, I see it totally as burning off of the dross. And that's fine by me because it, the church is stronger when it's unified. And that's what needs to happen right now. So her frustration, and this is from her, increasing numbers of Republicans are ignoring the plain text of the First Amendment, which says the government shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion in favor of the tortured myth that there's no separation of church and state. Former Ohio treasurer and failed Senate candidate Joshua Mandel, Representative Lowen Bobert of Cal Colorado, and most troubling, trouble, troubling, troubling, troublingly. <laughs> wow. You okay? <laughs> Justice Neil Gorsuch have all dismissed the idea that such a separation is mandated by the Constitution. First point. Do you notice she doesn't include the other part of the First Amendment? Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise That's thereof. Right. Also, this was the Supreme Court saying, not Congress. This was the Supreme Court saying we don't have jurisdiction over this. Life mm -hmm. cannot be ruled by us. 
Therefore, Congress can't even make a law about life. Right. Because it's not within their jurisdiction. This, these people that use the separation crap, I just want you to think about this. Every time they cite the First Amendment, see separation of church and state. That's cool. I'm a Christian outside of a public place praying. Where is Congress in that? This has nothing to do with me as a citizen. Has everything to do with Congress trying to prohibit me from doing that? Right. See what I'm saying? They're just so this this is where a lack of knowledge is 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 happening. So I, I get this all the time. You can't be in a public school as a Christian because of separation of church and state. First Amendment. Go for it. Congress shall make no law. Nobody's making a law. Yeah. Where's I'm here on my law? own. I'm here on my own accord <laughs> with a school that let me in to do what I'm doing. Right. And Congress isn't in on this. And and I noticed she says have all dismissed the idea that such a separation is mandated by the Constitution. And I actually, I found separation of church and state in the Constitution. I want you guys to know this. I found it. Article 124. In order to ensure to citizens freedom of conscience, the church in the USSR is separated from the state and the school from the church. Freedom of religious worship and freedom of anti-religious propaganda is recognized for all citizens. Sorry, I forgot to tell you. It's the Soviet Union's Article 124 of their Constitution. Because that's, you something, can find that's something we want to emulate. Yes. So we have found it, guys. It is in the Constitution, just the wrong one. This is the argument that, that always happens is separation of church and state. It's in the Constitution. It's in the Constitution. No, it's not. It is not in the Constitution. Even the idea is not in the Constitution. That the only idea that you can point to is the fact that Congress shall make no law establishing religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. In other words, Congress is supposed to remove itself from the, the, the uh, legal codification of a religion as the, the government-endorsed religion. That's fine. I don't want that. None of us do. We no. We don't want theocracy as, as a country. We've been there before. But what she says, and we continue, Christian nationalism, the idea both that the U.S. should be an explicitly Christian nation and that the laws should enforce fundamentalist Christian beliefs used to be an unthinkable idea in American politics. I mean, the 80s. <laughs> uh, now it's normal among the Trumpist branch of the GOP. So I said, she's swinging at straw man arguments like a Don Quixote on acid, but there's a reason she believes that Christian nationalism is looking to enforce their faith in every sector. She says, this term, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of a high school football coach who wants to lead Christian prayers from the 50-yard line during games. Uh, so I got a clip of the announcers. Um, you know, I want to see that. And there's the kickoff. Coach Kennedy beginning the hallowed be thy name as Johnson runs the ball up to 35. He's at the 45, crossing through the middle. Oh, he slams into four players praying at the 50. It's a bloodbath down there. Can't believe the Supreme Court would allow <laughs> Coach Kennedy to conduct prayer in the middle of a game. <laughs> so stupid. I, I, I just want everybody to hear that. Because the Supreme Court ruled in favor of a coach praying the only basis for that was the First Amendment. He has the right to free speech, right, right to free exercise of his religion. It has nothing to do with Christian nationalism. Nothing. Nothing, nothing. These people can't explain why for over 200 years we had the Ten Commandments posted in our public schools because the founders allowed it. What was it, 1780? I can't remember if it's 82 or 89 that they printed Bibles for public schools mm -hmm. or printed primers for public schools, which had Christian ethic writing in there or make sure that the Watts hymnals, or I'm sorry, hymnals were provided 
uh, you know, the, the base Psalm hymnal books and, and those kinds of things. They can't explain that. So they just say, because see, it used to be bad. Now the Supreme Court says it's good. It's all Christian nationalism. Don't fall into this trap. Yeah. Don't take on that title because they'll they'll slander you with Christian nationalists because and notice the attachment she makes is it's it's enforcement of beliefs. And she uses the Kennedy ruling as this is enforcement of beliefs. No, what they said was he's allowed to pray after the game at the 50 yard line What's wrong with that voluntarily. He, he ain't forcing nobody to do it. And and she argues which is a direct reversal of decades of jurisprudence against coerced religious displays in public schools. Gorsuch defended the ruling by claiming that the prayer was merely a private act, despite being held in public and done in a way to make players feel they would be penalized for not joining. I want the proof of that. That is now a claim against Kennedy that, that what he's doing, he's also presenting it to the players that you'll be penalized. If you don't include yourself in this prayer. She's making a leap of logic. Don't allow people to make these leaps of logic because that's not true. And you can't prove that. You cannot say that Kennedy is penalizing players for not being in the prayer uh, and, and not on the word of the one player who's like, well, I don't like that they prayed. So I feel left out. That's not enough. That's not enough to determine that he is he is actively discriminating against you because you won't be a part of the prayer. Right. And then listen to this next line that you wrote that you put down. Uh, it says that uh, the Washington Post reported this week that the activists are preparing to push religious worship into public schools nationwide. Your kid may be Jewish, Muslim, Buddhist or atheist. Stop there. How do Muslims pray? They have separate prayer rooms in schools, right? Yep. How do Jewish people pray? They're in private. They're in secret. That's how Jewish, as far as I know, that's how they yep. do it. Buddhists, they just hum a lot. You know, atheists <laughs> are otherwise non-Christian, but too bad. But think about it. The, the thing that they're missing here is the religious context, because when Muslims want to pray, they, they respect that. Yeah. They do nationwide. That's what they do, right? This is where if you don't know scripture, you're going to lose this fight. It's going to sound like you're trying to push your religious beliefs. The Bible says you're supposed to pray without ceasing. That's the difference between our God and other things. We can be public about it. We're supposed to be evangelistic about it. And I don't care if you like that or not. That's how it is. We're not forcing that on you. My public display of Christianity, my lifestyle, really, truly, guys, listen. You know, we should quit preaching our lifestyle. I don't want to preach. It's just my lifestyle. Show your lifestyle then. Mm -hmm. That's what Christ commanded us to do. Show your lifestyle. It's supposed to be public. You're supposed to be praying for people in public and seeing them healed and delivered from, from, from uh, uh, bondage and, and demonic oppression. That's your job. That's your duty, right? So, yeah, like you, you, you want to be public about it. Uh, that's kind of commanded. See, the First Amendment doesn't guarantee me the right to worship. The, the First Amendment guarantees my right to free exercise of my religion, not just to worship. Worship is just going into a house and just worshiping any religion you like. No, this is talking about the free. We're supposed to have free exercise of our religion. That's the bottom line. There was no, there's nothing added to it or taken away. Thank Congress you. shall make no law. That's it. You can't touch it. You can't breathe it. You can't talk about it. Supreme court can't even touch it. Nobody can touch it. Do you know why? Because the Supreme court can't make law anyway. So you can't rule on what religious action is unless it takes away the rights of another. If Coach Kennedy was trying to force people, including Buddhism, okay, I get it. Tell him to shut up. He can't force people to do this stuff. But if he's doing it on his own and people join him, so the flip one. Right. I feel ostracized. Well, then start your own prayer group. See how, see how long it lasts. And notice that's working from the position of I'm offended, so therefore you need to control your conduct. Exactly. That's, that's really like, what that boils down like to. Like I care. 
I feel ostracized. I feel isolated. I don't feel part of the group. And so therefore you need to stop your conduct. We'll get into a couple of stories of how this, this pot meat kettle, right? Uh, let's go to slide two. So David Marcus, Marcus wrote, and, and she has a problem with this, and we're going to look at his bigoted, Christo-fascist, nationalist, Ku Klux, matronicism. Uh, he says, by the mid-1980s, America had spent decades removing religious symbolism and imagery from public life. This came in a state form with bans on prayer in school or the Ten Commandments in the courtroom. Also came in corporate form as brands veered away from explicit religious ideas in their ads. They became all Easter Bunny. No Jesus. So maybe it is no surprise that the youngest Americans, those born after 1990, have the lowest belief rate at 68% and also suffered the most severe recent drop of 10%. Even a person just 10 years older was exposed to much more re public religion as a child. Nativity scenes outside of state houses and invocations before sports tournaments were the norm, not the exception. He continues, but a case the Supreme... The, that Supreme Court is set to decide on may swing the door back to open more public displays of religion and faith. So he's talking about the football coach. This was before it got ruled. It said high school football coach in Washington sued for being placed on leave when he prayed on the field before games. The court sounded sympathetic in oral arguments. And should he win, it will be a new day for prayer in public schools. God will operate a bit more openly. Another reason for optimism that God may not be on his way out is just how impressive it Impressive it is that four out of five Americans still do have a belief in him. Some European countries, that number is in the low 50s. With the exception of liberals and young adults, the numbers are well over 70% for every other demographic group in our country. Even after all the scandals of the past decades and the declining church attendance, the number is pretty stubborn and suggests an America willing to stick with its faith. I don't see anything in there where he's saying we need to enforce faith on everybody. But that's what she took it as. She, she, this, this is him posting out his manifesto of we need to enforce God in every sphere and, and force those darn atheists to jump in line. No, what he's saying is, look, God's still there. God's still working. God's still moving. Now, I, I, like we said before, I don't care about the numbers. I care more about the actual movement of faith in people. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's um you know what during the second or I'm sorry the first Great Awakening, it was um it was Whitfield I think it was. Yeah, that said that there, there's a generality of preaching that there's an unknown, unfelt Christ. I think what he was saying there, and then he says the reason why churches are so dead is because dead men preach to them. I think why he said that was because when it becomes the popular thing to do, yeah, be a Christian, you lose the essence of Christianity. So in other words, if we're constantly promoting it, but it's an accepted truth that everyone must be of this moral code. So then we say a prayer, we become Christian. It's socially acceptable not to do certain yeah. things, right? That's just how it is. And it becomes a part of your, your psyche, right? It becomes a part of who you are. Whereas they quit pushing religion, like he's saying. They quit pushing in the ads. And he said, is it any wonder after the 1990s kids aren't? It's because it's no longer becoming socially acceptable. Yeah. It's something you must practice. So in other words, when you become a Christian, it's the real deal conversion, right? Instead of it being a, a socially cultural. acceptable, yeah, cultural, socially acceptable idea of being a Christian, a goody two-shoes, if you will, someone who does good work. Now you have to prove that God's real. You have to prove his existence through the spirit of God, right? Through experience. I agree. I, I, I'm not necessarily lamenting that, that Christianity is not the, the social... Uh, now I'm lamenting presentation. That, you know, like we're we're like, definitely lamenting the fact that 
ads are deliberately trying to get yes. to oust the Lord. But. And and that's that's we'll get into like I don't think there can be a middle ground. And that's that is where my concern is, is there's never a middle ground. It it swings one way or the other, you know, and and to get into that, um, she says uh, mandated faith is morally reprehensible and direct violation of human rights, but it's also wrong to pin this decline in religious fervor on to laws and customs protecting religious minorities from such coercion. On the contrary, if Republicans want to know who is to blame for young people abandoning the church in droves, should look in the mirror. And she she says these trends will likely only accelerate in the wake of Roe overturn, especially on Republic as Republicans grow more fanatical in their efforts to punish Americans for having sex. So all but eight Republicans in the House vote against the legal right to use contraception. 84% of Americans believe in the right to use contraception. Over 99% of those who have heterosexual sex have used it. Over 70% of Americans believe in the right to same-sex marriage. So what she's talking about is this right to contraception bill. And I was curious, okay, what's going on with this? Why did so many Republicans vote against this? Now, I, I don't. I don't think it's something that needs to be codified into law. I think it is an unenumerated right that, that you can pursue a product. Yeah, it's you know, definitely. You know? But what was going on with this bill? So let's go to slide three. This bill, it states, <clears throat> providers' refusal to offer contraceptives and information related to contraception based on their own personal beliefs impede patients from obtaining their preferred method with laws in 12 states as of the date of introduction of this act specifically. So what is the problem? The problem is progressives are claiming the only issue Republicans have is that it will create opportunity for more abortions. Perhaps some have made that argument, but looking at the bill, most Republicans care more about the language of force in this bill. That language is basically saying if you as a provider, it's against your Catholic providers, if it's against your conscience of providing this type of contraception or birth control or whatever, this law basically says you're not allowed to do that. This erodes religious freedom and right of conscience. That's their issue with it. But notice what she said was, no, they just don't want you to have contraception. You, you see the, the, exactly the switch on doing. that? Yeah, of course. The straw man on that? And so I, I wanted to clear that up because you're probably wondering, why did so many Republicans go against it? That's why. It's, it's your right to conscience that this law would be limiting. She says, uh, let's see. Yeah, these days it seems that most people that the people most likely to identify themselves as Christians tend to be Republicans as well. The most vicious, hateful, unchristian sons of bees, sons of bees you'd ever want to meet. It's okay. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> it Rosso writes, sure. Some people respond by seeking liberal churches, but it's simpler and easier to just give up on being a Christian altogether to drop all that baggage. That sounds like all those Marxist communists, mm -hmm. you know, like the Graham cheese and the, and the, you know, the Lenin's and, you know, that said, Trotsky. Uh, yeah. Tr remember all those quotes you have on, on yeah. your slideshow. It's basically saying uh, we will destroy religion and get rid of its baggage. You know, it's basically what they're doing. So in other words, and you can't beat it, so slander it. And the more you slander it, the more people don't want a bad name because their conscience is, I don't, I'm supposed to have a good name. So the more you slander and slander, and that becomes socially acceptable, that's why people fall for it. Yep. Instead of seeking God for themselves, right, they just keep slandering. And that's all, that seriously, that's all they have. That's all they have. And you know what? Republicans do it too. When you have nothing else left, you slander. And it makes you feel good. I just I don't I don't understand that line of thinking is constant slander. 
I don't slander the left for what they believe. I slander the ideas we and the end result. The ideas, yeah. yeah the, the the end the, the the ideas and the end result of what they do is what I'm what I'm against. But I don't slander them individually. I don't care, uh, you know, about what they do as far as like in their personal lives. That's I should expect that that's what they do in their personal yeah. lives, their private lives, whatever. It's your thing. But to slander my religion, right, which has nothing to do with what they're saying. Uh, nowhere in the Bible does it say coerce or force people to be Christian. Right. So it's it's ridiculous. These notions are redundant. And, and even <laughs> even Dawkins points out, look, in Christianity, you can leave freely. There's no there's no force. You you enter, you leave whenever you want to, however you want to. Islam did become an apostate and see what happens. There, there are religions that do not allow you to leave that tends to be a cult-like practice she continues as an atheist myself i really don't care if large numbers of people give up on religion i'm not surprised on the contrary it seems like a sensible choice to me but if republicans don't like people losing faith well they need to admit they did this to themselves if they moderated their views and made their churches more tolerant and welcoming places more people would be interested in attending. And all this talk of forced prayer and Christian nationalism isn't going to help matters, but will instead make ordinary people hate them even more. As with the GOP-led book bannings, only leading more kids to read the forbidden books. You PSA for you guys. Be wary of your enemy's advice on what you can fix. Oh, wow. Look at that. They basically said, don't be a Christian. Just, just moderate your views. Don't be a Christian. Don't be a biblical yeah. Christian. Did, if you just, you just relax on your positions. If you just relax on what you believe, we'll accept you. No, you won't, dude. You know what's so crazy is, uh, uh, you know, if you would just not be so hard on, thou shall not lie. If you would just not be so rigid on, don't commit adultery. Don't look at women to lust after them. If you just wouldn't be so harsh on hating your neighbor, which is murder in the Bible. You know, then we'd be okay. Then, then we'll we'll in, be friends. In reality, they're not mad at you for those things. Matter of fact, they may agree with you and says, you know what, hatred is murder. That's true. Jesus was right about that, dude. I've I've talked to many atheists about this. Jesus said himself that hatred is murder because it begins in the heart. And everybody's all about that love thing. They're like, oh, that's you know, I, I can see that. I can understand. The one thing they're against is their lust. That is the only thing that they're against. They want sex. You, man. They want sex and they want homosexuality. This whole perversion crap, that's what they're against in Christianity. Yeah. Everything else, cool. Christ can help the help the sinner. They can help the poor. They can help the feeding the poor. Then they're not against any of that in scripture, except when you hit their yeah, lust. So good. Man. That is the only thing they're against because they've made that their idol. Sex is so much more powerful than we give it credit for. Dude, and I totally agree with it's you. It's a soulish it's, tie. Yeah. It's and it, and it entangles the soul. So what happens is you attack that. But li listen to this side, Republican or, or, or Christian. When your lust gets hit because of the idol you've made, you become more. So you got to be careful what idol you present in your life that the world now says you need to stop that. Well, when they come against Trump, how many Christians get up in arms about Trump? When I was just uh, just uh, uh, Trump came out you know, uh, when he was president. Uh, he said Schwab's doing a fantastic job with this whole World Economic Forum. There's actual video of him saying this, like and Klaus is standing next to him. Klaus has done a wonderful job. He's been the, uh, Trump's like, I'm the champion of I'm the king of vaccines. I'm the champion of it. I'm the one who promoted it. 
I'm the one who. So it's like when you start calling out that stuff and then you get pissed off and say, well, that's not what he really meant. No, that's what he meant. That's what he meant. Or when eight trillion dollars was passed on his watch, seven trillion, I think it was. And you call that stuff out. I'm doing that as a citizen, not as a Republican. My 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 president that I elected that I helped see get in screwed up sometimes. What's wrong with that? And you can't be afraid to do that. Well, if you do that, then you're going to take the focus off, and give it to the Democrat. Are you telling me that we can't point out error anymore in our own party? That's idolatry. He's not a king. I'm sorry. And I'm not going to I'm not obeisant to any one person, you know, and well, not everybody's perfect. Well, shoot, neither's Democrats. And, yeah, I mean, and so now we're going to give in to compromise. Yeah, exactly. And so therefore, then, then you're falling right into the trap of let me just acquiesce on this and, and then we'll be OK. Notice the only okay. the, the thing they're talking about, book burning or book banning or whatever, yeah. the, the gay agenda, the, the, the homosexual, the transgender right. agenda. It's all lust filled. It has nothing to do with anything else of Jesus, except when you hit their lusts, when you hit the lust, then we're against it. Why is it they can respect everything that Christ did? And said in that scripture, except when you come to their sexual perversion, that is the only thing they won't accept. It's yeah, it's it's trippy. Yeah. Everything else is fine. They'd be cool with you. Hey, man, you want to go over there and pray? You want to do your thing? That's cool, man. Do your thing. But it's when you start to attack the lust, you know, that's when it's over. You notice even the abortion debate, what it, what's really at the center of that? What's what's at the root of that? I want to have sex, sex and no consequence. Exactly. That's what they're saying. Detach the consequence from the responsibility of sex. We don't want to coach praying. Why? Because we don't want people to be hindered from having their own lusts. Yeah. That's the only, that's it. They don't they want to let they want to love their lust. No. That's idolatry. That's 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 what idolatry is really loving your lust. You I would so this next section, I want everybody to take that point and look at this next section through that lens. And it's it's all gonna connect, guys. It's all gonna connect. So let's go to uh, slide number four. Sorry, technical. There we go. Cool. So book bans. You mean the books that are downright Man. pornographic being read to five-year-olds? That type of stuff? Oh, the horror, right? Republicans attempt to foist their beliefs on others only causes more backlash against Christianity itself. Uh-huh. Pot, meat, kettle. Uh -huh. If you look at those titles... More than go ahead, look up those titles and see what the issue with those books was. There, there are problems with these books and what they're pushing forward. I mean, the first title is is what two boys kissing. Do I need to say more? Do we really need that in our elementary schools? Is that something that our five and six and seven year olds need to be presented with? I still don't understand why it is that we need to be introducing advanced, deep, uh, uh, spiritual topics of sex to prepubescent children. Exactly. Children who have no framework or context to handle sexually mature topics. But I'll move forward. Slide five. I digress. Parent loses custody. How about when parents are separated for their children because they won't just accept and promote their daughter saying she's transgender? How about when the same people telling us that we just have to get used to the high prices of gas because of climate are jet setting around or worse yet taking a three minute flight on the private jet? What about when the church was told they just want the same rights as you? That's it. Nothing more. There's no slippery slope. And that morphed into if you don't publicly avow and promote our gay agenda or transgender agenda now, we'll force you out of your job. 
like the female soccer player who recently was benched because she wouldn't wear the pride uniform. Slide six. This soccer player didn't want to wear the pride uniform because it went against her beliefs. She got benched. Oh, and by the way, the team apologized for re-signing her this past year. They apologized to their fans for the fact that they re-signed a Christian. Who's foisting beliefs on others? Yeah. The solution is to moderate your faith and align with the culture, right? That's what you're being told. If, if you just align with the culture, moderate your faith, just wear the jersey, just, just promote this idea in your kid's head, just allow your kids to read this book, that will win you people in your seats. They'll make you relevant and even better. It'll make you palatable to the progressive agenda. Your church will be saved if you just accept this agenda. If you can just give up your old, stilted, phobic views on just a few issues like sex or science, abortion, marriage, one way to God, all that other stuff, you'll be okay in their book. And hey, you might even win some people to say that they go to church regularly. And isn't that the goal? Don't we want more people to say they go to church regularly? Isn't that the end of it all, guys? Is that our goal? No. The goal is true Christianity. Like, read, I'm just going to read this fast, few few verses. 2 Timothy 4, it says this right away in verse 1. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who is the judge living in the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, by his kingdom, preach the word. Listen to this. Be instant in season. Be ready in season and out of season. I never understood that until I just read it slower, right? Be ready instant in season and out of season when it's acceptable and even when it's not acceptable. You preach the word, right? Listen, reprove rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. He's not talking to the world here. Listen to this. He's talking to the church. Watch. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. What the world says about Jesus Christ, what the world says about religion, they're going to try to entangle you uh, in your own religion. If you would just turn away from being the Christian that you are and put yourself under this basis to accommodate us, you've now removed the essence of the spirit of God and you put yourself back in works because work says I'm supposed to be nice to people. That's what the Bible says. I'm supposed to be kind when you don't read the scriptures. So now there's no longer sound doctrine anymore. There's now your emotion. Your emotion takes over the sound doctrine part. And when you read sound doctrine, there's no emotion in it. It is literally Christ knowing what is good for that person. Sometimes we think of our situation and we really say this in our own selves. You know, all things work together for good, man. It's just how it is. You know, I got to trust the Lord. You have to trust as well. I heard Jackie Perry say something like this. Um, she said, if you pray the prayers that are really hard, and, and she, it actually convicted me. You know, she's like, the difference between not praying those prayers and praying those prayers is when you truly believe in God, no matter what happens in those prayers, he does it for your good. Whereas if you don't, the enemy will do it for whatever reason. You know, we'll accept those things. But when Christ is on the head of it, he does it for your good. Same here. If we're willing to preach the truth, whatever happens in that consequence is for their good. It's not for their bad. If they get upset, you think Jesus didn't see that? You think how many people followed Christ to the cross? How many people? Right. He was hated. He was ostracized. Not because his, of his love, but because of his truth. His own disciples. Scattered. Which was love. Yeah, which was love. So so you look at, if, if that's the effect that Jesus had, the most perfect person on earth, 
the one who we all quote saying, man, how did he answer the Pharisee like that? How did he have those kinds of words? How did he answer Pilate like that? My gosh, he had wisdom from heaven. But we don't want to emulate how he did it. Then we're off as Christians. We're not proclaiming the true gospel. And the gospel is to set them free from their what? Sin, not in their sins, from their sins. We can't keep preaching that we're fallen creatures and we're just going to keep falling. Yes, we'll fall. But you can't use that as the lead liner. The lead liner is he came to set you free from the bondage and the oppression and the slavery that you are to sin. And, and the truth will set you free. And, and more and more you'll see this is as you walk in truth, the real spiritual truth, as you walk in that spiritual truth, the contrast between light and dark, truth and lie will become more apparent, which gives you wisdom. So then you walk in wisdom because you're walking full in truth. You want to know why Christ, it was, it, he, he could always nail what the Pharisees were doing was because he was complete in truth. He understood truth completely. And so he could see the wiles. He could see the agendas. He could see the lie. He could see the myth, right? When somebody is learning how to spot counterfeit money, they don't take a bunch of different counterfeit bills. They take the real one. Mm -hmm. They learn it. They understand it. They they know it so that then the imitation that something's off about the imitation. It's just like we as humans there, no matter how accurate a, a robot can be or a computer generated graphics or whatever, we as humans, there's something in us that recognizes there's something off about this, right? So the more in Amen. truth you are, the more you'll recognize the lie. What we're saying here is don't buy into the, the especially when your enemy is telling you what to fix, be very wary. Why would your enemy want you to fix something to succeed? And Satan will totally use that for the, the soft-hearted Christian who goes, oh, well, I, I, I want the world to love me because then they'll love Jesus. The world hated Jesus. Get used to it. And it will continue don't, to hate Jesus. Don't take the opinions of the world and say, well, if I just do what they say, then they'll like me more. No, they'll like you because you're more like them. Oh, come on. That's truth. That's the issue. That's the nugget right there. So thank you guys so much for paying attention and listening. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, give the reviews. That way we can get this out to more people. Stop by the website, theselfevidenttruth.com. Check out the blog. Uh, new stuff up every week on that. Check out the merch. Get yourself a t-shirt. So until then, guys, we love you. We thank you so much. Have a great day. Love you guys. Hey.